0: Warning, today's episode of the Seriously Wrong Podcast is being consumed, and because you're listening to it, you've been cursed. The next five times you eat out at a restaurant, you have to get the salad.
1: It's a healthy curse.
0: Yeah, well, who says curses have to be bad? (laughs) Or. (laughs) No one, I guess. What I'm saying is, you know, curses are underrated. I don't know. You know, Are you cursed? I don't know. Do you have to get the salad? Yes. You are cursed. Hello and welcome to the Seriously Wrong Podcast live from the mall. It's true. We're at a mall. We're (laughs) we're (laughs) at a mall.
1: (laughs) Uh, Today's episode is about consumerism and buying things. Today we're going to buy some diamonds. We're going to buy some Starbucks.
0: I'm going to swipe that, that plastic. I'm
1: swiping that plastic, and I'm getting some goods. I am going to fulfill myself from those goods. I'm going to derive my joy in life from the things that I buy today.
0: Mm-hmm. That's why they call them goods. Yeah. It's because it's an inherent good to own things. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't even matter what it is. Absolutely. Or how it was produced. Or where it came from. <laughs> Plus, I mean, Zizek says that ethical consumption's bullshit, so pff, I'm going to smoke cigarettes <laughs> and eat factory farm meat. Zizik's right. I think he's wrong. I think it's all
1: ethical. It's just, if it's consumption, it's inherently ethical. (laughs) (laughs) As long as you're consuming, you know?
0: Yeah, if the market allows it to be sold, then how could it be wrong? People wouldn't buy it if it was wrong. Yeah, like, for example, blood diamonds. No one would ever spend money on that, and that's why blood diamonds must not exist. Yeah, I mean, because it's not like they could just wipe the blood off. That could be like a GMO labeling campaign thing, like, leave the blood on the blood diamonds. (laughs) Make (laughs) make the consumers see... Yeah, so we're at Metropolis at Metro Town, which is a large mall in Burnaby. It's the largest mall in, like, Metro Vancouver area, I think. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Feels like it when you're inside. It's like a labyrinth, a labyrinth of despair. And hope. Yeah, it's also (laughs) like a fair of despair, or a circus of (laughs) (laughs) despair. But I mean, like, whatever you need,
1: you can buy it here. Yeah. Probably. Not pot or Xanax, but, like, besides pot and Xanax, they have most of the things here. We should try to buy pot here for the show oh no it's true we probably could buy pot if we could buy Xanax then I would be impressed with the free market here oh yeah definitely maybe we should just like try slipping a 20 to someone at
0: a like a (laughs) (laughs) pharmacy (laughs) but yeah the I mean on one hand there's obviously these enormous brands these international banks Factory farming, restaurants, and all this shit at the mall. And there's this mindless consumption and stuff, like these easy critiques. But on the other hand, as you mentioned, it's kind of like a cornucopia. Like
1: when we were coming here, I was like, oh, I need to buy corn tortillas. So before we leave, I'm probably going to buy corn tortillas somewhere.
0: Yeah, when I was coming here and I was like, I'm going to the mall, I was like, okay, I'm mentally putting aside $30 to spend on utter bullshit. It doesn't (laughs) matter what I buy, but I'm going to the mall. (laughs) I'm going to the mall. I'm going to the mall. Oh, security. Yeah,
1: as soon as I saw them, I was like, oh, no, are we doing something wrong? We're sitting outside the mall. We're not even in the mall right now. Yeah, we're not
0: harassing anyone or asking for anything. Yeah. But, yeah, there's a police officer. There's several security guards.
1: (laughs) First time I ever held hands with someone was in a mall.
0: Really? Yeah. What was her name?
1: I actually don't remember his name. I'm trying to think. I didn't really like him, but we did hold hands, and I felt awkward about it because I was like, oh, God, everyone's going to see me and know. Holy
0: shit, they got a shotgun. Something's oh, going yeah. on big Whoa. time.
1: Do you want to follow them to the mall? I think we should.
0: Yeah, What? what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. <laughs> What is consumerism in the derogatory sense? The word consumerism contains a critique of human behavior and societal organization. It's not a neutral term. It's accusing. Like there's no one who's like, I'm a consumerist and they're talking about like, I just, I love getting my stuff replaced right away and I think it's the best possible system.
1: Yeah. I don't know. When I, I typically hear it framed as sort of a social issue and not necessarily like an implication of guilt on anyone who's going out and buying things, but that we've created a culture in which people feel driven to turn to buying things as a way to fill inner voids or to make themselves feel better or in some like vain quest for happiness through your next purchase, coupled with this idea of decreasing quality of goods, things being built to be disposable, ease of use, convenience, like these things get implicated as somehow unnecessary or harming the environment, Uh, overproduction. I know I realize I know, I'm just throwing out words, but like this is the kind of landscape of consumerism. No, I like
0: hearing the words. I like yeah. the you're painting a picture of all the related concepts. Yeah. Because when you were doing activist stuff for the Zeitgeist movement, consumerism talking points were really like part of your your shtick, right? Like
1: Yeah, the well the idea is in Zeitgeist land, there wouldn't be this advertising like inculcating people or pushing people to constantly need to buy more 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 there there's an idea of like your needs or your desires are being externally implanted. By people who are just out to make money for themselves, large companies and stuff, you know, attempt to use psychology to trick you into thinking you need things that you don't or to trick you into thinking that buying this car is going to make you more uh, attractive to women or this beer is going to make you more attractive to women or this makeup is going to make you more attractive to men or like whatever the specific product being sold is yeah like the,
0: in the public relations industry their explicit job is to mislead consumers to make them feel that the unnecessary is necessary to them in some way like that's the job of an advertisement is to convince you that you have a lack that can be fulfilled by a product or service like that's advertising one, Yeah,
1: Yeah. like we want people who would not have bought this otherwise to now buy
0: it because of seeing our ad. And we find what works is we remind them of something about themselves that bugs them or makes them feel that they're being left out of something unless they purchase our product or service. That tends to raise the numbers, so we tend to do that. It's not malicious we just want to have as many people buy as possible and what we find is that that works
1: yeah exactly and and like i said then it gets tied into waste and garbage and like pictures of landfills with stacks and stacks of old cell phones because we're throwing out like one cell phone a year or every year and a half and All this material waste, this plastic, that giant plastic.
0: The Great Pacific Garbage Patch.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. This huge chunk of the oceans where all the plastic has accumulated into a toxic... Big old pile of plastic. Pile of plastic, yeah. And just just things like that. Things that if they were designed smarter, this was the Zeitgeist idea. If we put our focus into designing things to A, last as long as possible... B use the least damaging materials possible. C be recyclable. D be upgradable. You know, so you don't even have to recycle you can recycle parts. Like everything is about conserving the material resources in the most efficient way possible in order to get the as much of the best stuff out to as many people as possible. Rather than having the a production of like ten times as much really crappy stuff that less people get for less time and have to keep buying over and
0: over again. Utilizing shotguns and force. Hey, give him a thumbs up, we can, we can return.
1: Let, let's see if the police will tell us anything.
0: Yeah. Hey, were, were you in the store? Yeah, what, what happened?
2: So, apparently there was a report that four kids had guns in a pet store, so the police came and they pinned down three of them and there was another girl inside. They searched them and found one toy gun, but I'm not sure if they had real guns or if they were all toy guns. And it oh, okay. So it was just the one kid who had yeah. a
0: toy gun on him and then... We were just sitting outside and we're like, oh my god, he has a shotgun. <laughs> yeah, They're going into the like... pet store. Anytime there's like a shotgun being pointed into a pet store, it's <laughs> a very bizarre situation. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no I totally wouldn't bring a gun into this pet store if I were
0: No, absolutely not. That's just that's just bad bad consumerism. Like that's not what a good consumer would do. Poochon. <gasps> oh my
1: god. The puppies are so cute.
0: <sighs> Look at this. You mean the Look a sleepy the guy. <laughs> oh, he's so cute. You okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah we're, we're okay for we're now. Just just at the just checking out the puppies. It's a cool thing about the malls, everyone wants to help you.
1: Yeah, we'll help you buy their things. So yeah, like you couldn't <laughs> you could <laughs> ask them to help
0: you move or something.
1: Uh, so here's my address. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks.
0: These puppies are really they're 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 really touching the glass. They really want out.
1: Yeah, they are in very small small areas. If I was a puppy, I would prefer to be in a bigger area.
0: Can anybody hmm? help you with anything? Oh, not specifically. Know, just, just looking at the puppies. Yeah. yeah. Do you need permission to record in the store? Not audio. It's
1: our company policy that if there's any recording, we must have it informed by head office beforehand.
0: Okay, okay. Well, yeah. we can leave. Yeah, we're not trying to, like, record any the thing that you guys are doing or anything like yeah. that. So we can, we can just leave. It's no problem. We only came here because of the commotion, honestly. Like, okay. like, that's what attracted us to the store in the first place. <laughs> okay. And we're just looking at these puppies. Because they're cute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Confirmation Bias News Headlines From Slate Buying coffee every day isn't why you're in debt Debunking the personal finance advice industry's favorite myth Studies demonstrate that the quickest way to land in bankruptcy court was not by buying the latest Apple computer or buying Starbucks coffee every day But through medical expenses, job loss, foreclosure, and divorce Giving up a latte or other such small extravagance in this environment isn't going to be enough. The problem was fixed costs, the things that are difficult to cut back on. Housing, healthcare, and education cost the average family 75% of their discretionary income in the 2000s. The comparable figure in 1973, 50%. Personal finance shills have made a career of telling people that their systemic problems are their own making. From the Daily Mail, a new study is
1: backing up long-held suspicions that Apple slows down older models of its iPhones to encourage users to buy a new release. The US study analyzed worldwide searches for iPhone slow and found that the search term spiked significantly around the time of a new iPhone launch. It then compared those results with similar searches for the term Samsung Galaxy slow and discovered that the term was unaffected by new releases
0: from Samsung. From the Globe and Mail, Canadian Household Debt Soars to Yet Another Record Canadians ended 2015 with a record-high debt burden, as low interest rates and still-soaring regional housing markets fueled the fastest year of household debt growth since 2011. The Bank of Canada has long expressed concern about the elevated levels of household debt, which pose a potential risk to Canada's financial stability in the event of a sharp economic downturn that would strain consumers' capacity to meet their debt payments. From ABC News, minimalists find happiness living with less.
1: Americans love to buy stuff. We spend $380 billion a year on clothes, shoes, cars, gadgets, and odds and ends. But is buying all that stuff making you happy? Ryan Nicodermis and Joshua Milburn don't think so. I had all this stuff. I was living the American dream, laments Nicodermis. He packed everything in his apartment into boxes and only took things out as he needed them. I did this for 21 days, he said, and at the end of the experiment, I still had 80% of my stuff packed in those boxes sitting there, unaccessed. What he didn't need, he sold and gave away. If we could convey one message to everyone who comes to our events, said Nicodermis, we really want to leave this behind. To love people and to use things, because the opposite never works.
0: From LiveScience.com, the truth about shopaholics. New research reveals that buying behaviors can range from frivolous fun to serious addiction. The results of a telephone survey at Stanford University showed that an average of nearly 6% of the U.S. population fits on the compulsive buyer build. April Lane Benson, a psychologist in New York who treats compulsive buyers, said, It's important to understand what you're really shopping for. What are the underlying authentic needs? Are you shopping because you're lonely? Are you shopping to celebrate? and finding other ways to meet those important needs. From lifehack.org, how to avoid being enslaved by
1: consumerism. The general solution to the consumerist abyss is building a stable inner world. Spirituality, relationships, philosophy, learning, and ethics are all facets of this bigger idea. A person with a solid inner world won't obsess over buying things or forsake objects she owns. Instead, she can view it as a person playing a game would look at tokens on a board. Seeing past the ownership illusion, she can put all her effort into experiencing the game.
0: From Russia Today, Vladimir Putin relinquishes all of his possessions, calling for everyone to love each other. Quote, we have made a decision to create a new federal executive body encouraging everyone to just give each other the benefit of the doubt a little more of the time. Peskov said that the National Guard will work together with Putin to relinquish his possessions, to protect public safety and order, and as well as everyone loving each other. Franz Klinsevich, first deputy chairman of the Federation Council Committee on Defense and Security noted that what you own ends up owning you.
1: Do you buy anything today?
0: I actually, I got some uh, Chinese food.
1: Is that consumerism? I don't think buying food is consumerism. Yeah. Or I may- guess maybe like Oreos. That's kind of consumerism.
0: I feel like there's the element of consumerism of like going to restaurants a lot is a mm-hmm. consumerist. Mm-hmm could have had food in my house or had a more standard breakfast i went to the dollar store today what'd you get on the on
1: the way to the weed store actually but i went to the dollar store and i bought a, a red and white rca to 3.5 millimeter jack cable dollar 25 oh nice
0: I- <laughs> 125 what's that come to 140 after tax nice. yeah
1: something like that i got two cans of olives sliced
0: olives these millennials are so luxurious. Slice sliced <laughs> Slice. twenty-five each. <laughs> oh, you're too dainty to slice your own olives now.
1: <laughs> and I got two Betty Crocker brand plastic Tupperware containers. So that's kind of consumerist, I guess. I kind of will, like, I'll use all those things.
0: Oh, yesterday I went to the dollar store and bought some clipboards. I bought several
1: clipboards. I have a clipboard that I bought at a dollar store also. It's right here. It's pretty useful, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah I, have, I have an empty envelope <laughs> clipped in mine. <laughs> it's really useful, but I plan to use it for, like, activism purposes. Assembling, like, street teams. It's not super consumerist. I'm not laughing at you. <laughs> I just realized because I was thinking about why I bought
1: this clipboard. And it was because when I was writing in all these notebooks that I bought at the dollar store that have really thin pages, that the, like, indentation and the bleeding through of the pages was bothering me. So I was like, oh, if I was writing on a clipboard... Uh, these, these really thin page notebooks I bought at the dollar store will work better. So I went to the dollar store to buy a clipboard.
0: Yeah. We should have sprung for the $25 business model clipboards. No. So that they would last longer instead of going to these substandard dollar store brands.
1: Designed to break.
0: Yeah. I also right.
1: bought a laser pointer at the dollar store the other day. I always go to that <laughs> dollar store cause they have really nice bread sometimes. <laughs>
0: Wait, so, but yeah, they
1: have like this, like sprouted organic wheat, quinoa. Bread. It's bread that if you go to Safeway, it costs five dollars a loaf, and they have it at this dollar store, like regularly for a dollar twenty-five a loaf. The one on Commercial Drive, check it out.
0: Today's episode of the Seriously Wrong podcast is brought to you by the one on Commercial Drive. Check it out. So what's the deal with George Bush telling people to go spend money after 9-11? Uh, Does that I, but, have something to do with consumerism?
1: I guess you could say that's like a very great crystalline example of consumer culture of, hey, we've all just had this massive trauma. We know how to show those terrorists what for? Go shopping. I think that, that was the basic idea, right? Like, yeah, let's they, show the terrorists by shopping.
0: They hate our way of life. This is our way of life. <laughs> <laughs> like when someone gets shot for drawing Mohammed and then there's a Mohammed drawing day. You take down the World Trade Center because you hate world trade. We're going to do more trade to fuck with you and to show you that it doesn't work.
1: Yeah, we're, we're not going to be like,
0: oh, we're going to trade less.
1: We're going to buy things. We're going to go crazy. We're going to put our peons into debt we're so crazy trading. We should name Black Friday a holiday in honor of terrorists. And in the vein of the Bush quote, just say, (laughs) we do this in memory of those who lost their lives in 9-11. We do this... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to fight the terrorists, let's punch each other in the face trying to get the like cheapest TV we can.
0: Yeah, in the name of opposition to political expansionist islamism, I will punch someone in the face for a TV.
1: <laughs> you know, I wouldn't normally do that, wouldn't be my thing necessarily, but if it's going to help fight terrorism, going to knock a fucker down. I definitely don't support ISIS,
0: and yeah. I will buy anything to prove that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> And I mean, loss of life, yeah, people get trampled, people die. That's the free market, baby. If they didn't want to uh, risk their life, they didn't have to show up for cheap deals.
0: Today's episode of the Seriously Wrong Podcast is brought to you by the free market, baby. Your baby drank some lead and some infant formula imported from China? The free market, baby. Did your computer break down right after it left warranty? The free market, baby. Is your employer forcing you to buy your work uniform? The free market, baby. Okay, so we're about to go into HMV to see if there's anything worth worth getting. Nickelback,
1: Titanic. Could download that for free at home.
0: Dexter the 3rd season, that's easy to. Yeah, get Friends, for free.
1: Mad Men, pretty much all these things could just download for free. Pretty much,
0: <laughs> the wedding singer on Blu-ray could download that for free like nothing.
1: Oh yeah, 1080p rip. That's available. Black Blondie, Keys. we could download Blondie for free from the internet.
0: Yeah, for free. That's on YouTube. You could just watch that on YouTube. Don't need to really. <laughs> yeah, you pay don't fun. even
1: have to download. You can stream. Stream David Bowie.
0: Yeah, true. This is a sale section, so this is stuff
1: that could be downloaded for free.
0: Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs for five dollars before midnight, or for zero dollars. You know, it says eight dollars there, but I know a place you can get it for zero. <laughs> Oh, hey, there's
1: headphones over there. You couldn't get those for free on the internet.
0: No, we can't. Not yet, anyway. Someday. Yeah, I guess that's what they expanded into with their shirts and the pillows and stuff here, is they needed to get some stuff that's not available for free. Yeah. Minecraft swords in the physical realm, that is not available for free. Maps of Game of Thrones.
1: You could probably get that for free.
0: You'd have to get Mm -hmm. it printed out.
1: But I mean, technically, we couldn't get all those DVDs for free on the internet. Like, we couldn't get the DVDs.
0: Yeah, no. Special features are harder to get. Yeah. No, but I just
1: mean the physical disc itself.
0: Mm. Yeah. It's true. It's a nuanced perspective on the for, <laughs> the, the for free argument that we've been participating in. Yeah. There's something, there's something so potent. I mean, it's, it's fucked up because these people are, are just working their jobs. You know, like they're just obviously these HMV people aren't like HMV maniacs.
1: Yeah, they probably all download things for free at home.
0: Yeah. But they just know you don't
1: you don't talk about that. Yeah, you don't talk about HMV. that while
0: you're at work at HMV. Yeah, it's not cool. And I wanted to that's why I want to ask them, but that's also why it's not really fair to ask them on a human to human level.
1: Right. Have you ever known anyone with a shopping addiction or like a hoarder? Have you ever known a hoarder?
0: Oh, not <laughs> extreme hoarders. Well, like working in social housing like I do, I have encountered some like hoarders' apartments that are okay. like, close yeah. friends of mine. Right. But I was just I laughing have... at the idea of labeling
1: them as <laughs> hoarders. <laughs> yeah, and just
0: like listing people that we know. Oh, yeah, like Chris, he's a hoarder.
1: And... Yeah, totally. My cousin, terrible, disgusting house.
0: Oh, but my my I've got a little bit of a tendency to like hold on to things longer than I need to. If if there's nothing pressing me to get rid of it, and I have got like the space to store it, I, stuff tends to kind of pile up. What's I that? think
1: I think that's true of everyone. That's not
0: really hoarding. Yeah, not an extreme. I do hoarding. that too.
1: You you don't like save every issue of a newspaper and keep stacks and stacks in your apartment, or just I, I feel like it's got to be I, based on like the reality shows I've seen. It's got to be categorized by
0: like finding dead animals as you move stuff around. Yeah.
1: Like I save all my old pizza boxes and never know when I might need those. Not going to throw those out. Uh, (laughs) Stacks and stacks of them. I feel like I know people and have people in my family who I might say aren't hoarders, but who definitely the, the epitome of buying things they don't need and knows they do it and just likes buying things, identifies as someone who likes shopping and likes buying things enjoys the process of doing that is constantly looking for people to just give these things to that they've bought that they mm-hmm. they oh
0: yeah no i know exactly what you're talking about not just in my family but yeah like if even if they already have something they'll like find reasons to buy extras of it and then they've always got all these extra things around so they like distribute them to the people near them mm-hmm. which is weird because it's like socially incentivized in a slight way like you're rewarded for over shopping like you're rewarded for making these detrimental decisions in a way. because Yeah,
1: yeah, because it, it ends up being a nice thing to do. I mean, I guess if you have enough money and you just give these things away, like that seems actually just like a nice thing, actually, mm-hmm. when I think of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, as long as you have enough money.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, as long as you're not hurting yourself or others or like pushing things on people they don't want.
0: I had a friend who they were always buying these unnecessary things and like they had a decent job it was perfectly fine they could afford it at least for the most part i'm sure like they had some amount of like more strife than would have otherwise yeah like technically speaking more money was spent and yeah. so they had less flexibility
1: yeah yeah but did you talk to them did you have a did you get dr phil in there everybody, they come in your friend comes in to their <laughs> house and you're just like a circle around and you're like
0: all right Anyway, it wasn't so bad like I was like hey this is fucking up your life but like it did it came up in a conversation of being like you got like a lot of DVDs like your DVD collection is really impressive like <laughs> do you right. ever watch these and just like no, no I don't and it's like well there's like several new DVDs here on the counter in between us right now like you must have bought them in the last couple of days and like yeah i did like they were good deals like they were on sale and like i didn't take the whole tack of like oh your possessions end up owning you and (laughs) right 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 (laughs) don't you see how false your consciousness is over this or whatever right but i was just like why like why spend all that money like why not just buy less dvds that was my tactic for dealing that with a friend is just asking the question of like what does the world look like where you don't do this like why is this world better
1: I used to buy a lot of DVDs. I actually gave all my DVDs away when I was like doing a, I'm going to declutter, I'm going to get rid of possessions. And I got rid of a bunch of stuff that I don't miss most of it. I I remember like having a bunch of things I was saving just because like, oh, memories and like throwing out some of them and keeping a smaller amount. And identifying with this idea of minimalism and wanting it to be easier when I moved and having less stuff. And I got rid of all my DVDs because I was like, I can just pirate everything always forever. So (laughs) I don't need DVDs.
0: There's almost an anti-human angle to the whole minimalism ideal if it's like too prescriptive of a thing. Like... In addition to the debt load that we put on them, the social pressure to spend money all the time, the high cost of living, so their very reasonable consumption patterns, because of their fixed costs, become this egregious overspending that makes them feel all guilty and bad. On top of that, we're going to be like, and you should feel bad because your closet's too full. Right, because you
1: have too many, <laughs> too many objects. Naughty boy, or naughty girl. bad
0: human, human shaming. It's just human shaming.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, totally it's well and also i don't want to like discount minimalism because i think without human shaming it's it's not a bad idea and that i think getting rid of clutter is legitimately a way to make you feel better in your everyday life like having fewer things around i think there's some truth to that i don't know if it's like feng shui or whatever, but it feels freeing to get rid of stuff. The idea that each thing you have is a little albatross holding you down is is kind of true. Uh, it's sort of physically true in a sense of like, you can't just like pack up and leave with a backpack. If you have a whole bunch of furniture and stuff that you want to hold on to, you got to get like storage space or this or that. But like there has to be a, a balance struck. Cause I think there's also like holding on to things for sentimental value is totally a valid thing and is cool to have. Like, especially if you have things that have maybe been passed down for generations, like material objects can be imbued with meaning and it's, N- not necessarily bad to have things you like and to keep them for no other reason than just to, to to have them, even if you don't use them. Like in that story we talked about at the beginning, the minimalist who was like, I put everything I had into boxes, and if I didn't use it within 21 days, it went out. Like it's a interesting romantic idea, but I like, I like having my old yearbooks, even though I don't look at them very often. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to look at them when I'm older. So I want to keep it.
0: <laughs> yeah. With the, the subject of like inheritance and holding on to things for traditional values, that's a conflict that's happened in my family actually a little bit because my mom and my sister are both really into like keeping all this old furniture they have around. Mm-hmm. And because I'm, I've got different priorities and values than them in that way. I, I'm, I'm always like, but like you could get a smaller house. Like you don't need to have a house big enough for all these things like you could save so much space and room and have less things to clean and like this is a chair grandpa sat on but like it's cool to not have it you know like yeah doesn't make (laughs) i get that grandpa sat on this chair and like we love Grandpa, but there's a is-ought thing about, yes, Grandpa did sit on the chair, but that doesn't mean we ought to keep it forever.
1: Yeah, yeah. I favor keeping, like, small heirlooms more so than, like, say, a big lazy boy or something like that. I don't know what the chair was. Maybe if it was a special chair. it's It all depends on things. But then if you're just like, well, everything Grandpa ever touched, we have to save it all. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Grandpa's hair. <laughs> I have a lot of it. <laughs> he kept producing it right up to the end.
0: <laughs> this conversation, it got me thinking about, even in the conversations I had with my family now, I realize in retrospect, there was a little bit of a human shaming aspect of it where I'm like, "Oh, you old timey thinkers wanting to keep chairs because you miss grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> bah to you. Yeah, when maybe- yeah, it's like a
1: sentimental, <laughs> is it like shaming sentimentalism.
0: Yeah, and, like, there's a more pressing tension here, which is that people who want to keep things for sentimental value or want to keep things for the future in case they need it and stuff like that are being denied affordable and accessible storage space. Like, mm-hmm. having affordable and accessible storage space isn't an un- unreasonable demand. It's, and it's also, like, there's no theoretical limit to the amount of storage space that we can create.
1: Oh, I mean, the surface area of the Earth times with like how high we can make buildings and like how much earth we'd need to preserve there is a theoretical i I
0: hear what you're saying i guess the the way that i meant that the way that you were invited to hear Uh my previous statements was that in relation to any amount of possessions that any of us could ever accumulate or all of us collectively could accumulate we will always be able to accommodate storage wise for that for the foreseeable future
1: but oh, man, speaking of families and sentimental items, my, when my friends and I were, I don't know, I want to say 14, 15, 16, we had this camcorder and we were just making like silly videos all the time. Okay. And we found this doll. It, it's a Cabbage Patch Kids doll that my mom had that I, I didn't know. It just had always been like around the house. I didn't know it had any special meaning. Its name was Gideon Bobby. Uh, I just think it's funny because it had a name because Cabbage Patch Kids all have individual names and we like started making these videos where we were just like throwing Gideon Bobby around or like it took all its clothes off and like we're just, I believe even like drove over it with the van really silly shit and we like broke it and then my mom saw it that it was broken and got really sad because her mom had given it to her and I was just like oh hmm, I didn't know that I'm sorry <laughs> I felt bad, but poor little Gideon Bobby.
0: We are all gathered here today to celebrate the life of Gideon Bobby. Gideon Bobby was a beautiful doll, a lovely Cabbage Patch doll, and it had its own name. Its name was Gideon, Gideon Bobby. This doll had sentimental value that we didn't fully understand when we destroyed it to make a video that we just shared amongst ourselves. We didn't even take the video off the camera, we just re-watched it on the little screen on the camera <laughs> and all of the editing was done by the order in which we shot it.
1: Not true, actually. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was my experience of making videos as a kid.
1: You didn't, uh, you didn't edit during the recording to to tape, to a VCR tape. We were a little next level, I guess, hey? Yeah, it
0: sounds like you were next level. We
1: also bought a Radio Shack little mini mixer thing for like 20 bucks that let us add music to the background of our videos. Huh? Yeah, we had them all on VHS tape and someone who I'm not going to name names lost them all and so we don't have any of them. They would never were put on the internet because the internet didn't exist, at least not for putting videos up when we were in eighth, ninth grade. But have you ever tried to minimize your material? You are pretty minimal anyway, aren't you? Like you don't have a lot of material possessions.
0: Yeah, well, I'd, some of it's been intentional and some of it's been stuff that I've just like managed to lose over the years or that I would still have. Like, There's a lot of things I can remember having that either I very specifically regret getting rid of, like my Super Nintendo, or have no idea what happened to, but wish that I still had. But actually, just recently, this just this week, I was going through my storage... I've got a lot of books that I know that I'm never going to read that I got from like roommates moving away and other situations like that, where I just got a bunch of books at once. And I've also got old DVDs and video games and stuff that I think I'll probably never use again. Now, I've just, I've been kind of thinking about what I want to do about it recently. If I want to like try to just give it away to people who want it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, no, cause...
1: totally. That's what I did. Boxed up all those CDs and DVDs and just I think gave them to some donation box thing for some organization. I don't know, Salvation
0: Army or some shit. Yeah. Maybe what I'll do is I'll try to make a friend out of it in the downtown East side. There's like a marketplace that happens like every weekend. I'm not sure. I haven't seen it in a while. Like it happens unofficially all the time where people are vending in the street. That's what they call it. But they also have like a, a marketplace once a week where everyone can sell it. Maybe I'll go there and like find someone who has one thing that I want and like, make a friendship with them by just giving them a bunch of shit they can sell right right um and then every time i see them they'll be like hey i mean hopefully that'll be the dream right is to make a new social connection out of my generosity instead of make zero new social connections
1: yeah yeah totally
0: because <laughs> it's always good to have more people who have your back
1: did you ever hang out at the mall in your life was that everything you did like with your friends kind of. At the mall?
0: when i was like 12 or 13 yeah there's yeah. a mall called saint vitel mall in winnipeg that we would go see movies at sometimes and like hang out at the arcade or whatever or look at the video games yeah
1: i did a little bit too yeah there was just one mall in medicine hat medicine hat mall and at medicine Hat mall I would go sometimes go to the food court yeah see a movie it's a great place to hang yeah. with your friends <laughs> oh fuck i have the jingle for medicine Hat mall stuck in my head it's just oh what were the first words I don't remember. It, it's, without the beginning, it's lame, it just ends with medicine hat mall.
0: <laughs> <sighs> Let's play the Reality Tunnel game! I am a Marxist, and I think what causes environmental devastation and overconsumption is capitalism.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. As a person who believes in true free markets, the system we call capitalism is incentivizing these kinds of destructive consumerist behaviors. But we as individuals acting in this world, acting in market, as unfree as it is, have the responsibility to make better choices. Because if we all come together and do our parts, the market will respond to our individual desires.
0: You know, that's definitely true. While none of us are totally responsible for everything that happens to us, there is actions that we can take that will make our life better or worse and that we can optimize over time if we are collaborative and and talk with other people about our shared struggles. I'm a male feminist, and I think that overconsumption is caused by patriarchy. It's men who control the advertising firms. Capital relations largely benefit men. Personal ownership is the masculine and communal ownership is the feminine. And I think that we should move to a more feminine society.
1: Oh yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, Women have been denied their civil liberties in our society for most of its history. Their voices are sorely lacking in many of the institutional structures that are still at work behind all this. As a centrist liberal, I'd like to see the increase in everyone's civil liberties, including individuals in their role as consumers, and an increase in consumer rights advocates, and an increase in watchdog organizations that can help rein in some of the worst aspects of unchecked corporate power.
0: I I couldn't agree more. The shareholders and boards of directors for these major corporations, they've got no external... Liability to whatever devastation they spread on the world that they, they might have to pay damages but If it's less expensive to do shady practices and then just pay a fine for it later because you're gonna make so much money off of your shady practices There's no proper incentive not to do it and we're talking about regulatory capture We're talking about industries that have taken control of aspects of government that are meant to be watchdogs on them to give themselves a pass and tilt the market in their favor using regulations to benefit them at the behest of consumers. Corporate greed is the worst.
1: As a traditionalist conservative, I couldn't agree more. Uh, Corporate greed is just one of those areas where a strong Republican government needs to step in and curb the excesses of human Greed, which leads right into what is actually the core of this issue. What is really the problem with, uh, you know, consumerism is a problem of values and a lack of putting value in the places that actually matter, like the family, like traditional values, spending time with those you care about and not on acquiring more and more stuff just for the sake of it.
0: As an anarcho-syndicalist, I totally agree 100% with what you're saying and where you're coming from. People need to start valuing their social and human connections over their material goods. The examples of leaders in our society are so decadent and corrupt. We absolutely have a values crisis in this country and we should. Protect those who are closest to us within the anarcho-syndicalist framework: democratic control of the the workplace and economic relations. I think the real heart of this problem, the, where where all of this environmental destruction and overconsumption and trying to make people feel that the only way they can make things better is by buying more and spending more, this all comes from inequality and power distance in society between bosses and workers between celebrities and citizens between the rich and the poor the only way to cut the 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 cancer of consumerism from our society is to guarantee basic survivable outcomes for all human beings and dignity we need to confront inequality if we want to confront consumerism
1: yeah as a marxist i completely totally 100% on board with confronting inequality. And as we all know, the, the greatest purveyor of inequality is capitalism. So that's the root of the
0: problem of consumerism. I disagree. That's wrong. You're completely out of line. That's just the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. That's so dumb. No, you are
1: 100% wrong. Of that's course, not... of course, the problem what is are you talking capitalism. About? Yeah, that's it is. Stupid. Yeah, no, it is. It, is. Not. I know it is. I know that's... it is. I know it is.
0: It's it's totally it's different. It's different entirely. I've, have you studied
1: history? The study so of you, history you, will reveal to you. That I'm just giving you correct. some
0: feedback. Like you don't need to be so
1: defensive. Well, you don't need to be so incorrect about everything that's, you say all the time. Okay, well, you're wrong on that. No, I'm actually right about that. I'm always that's right about. That's not true. About, that's okay. Well, and, you've well been I'm, I'm not before. always right. Hey, what about? But I'm, I'm always right against you. That's that's not true. Because you that's not fair. Are because incompetent.
0: The reality tunnel game. Free pants.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, no. With the purchase of a matching jacket.
0: That's how they get you. Those jackets aren't free.
1: I don't know why. Something about the idea of free pants. It really blew your mind.
0: Yeah, I was like, whoa. Your stoic persona was broken for a minute at the premise of free pants. Free pants. That's how they get you, man. Yeah. Yeah, the mall's a place where people come together, you know?
1: They can get their nails done. I see right there. Profession nail. They can sit around the fountain. Drink their frappuccinos.
0: Yeah, drink their drink their consumption. Their frappuccinos.
1: Yeah, their Starbucks. Would, never buy Starbucks.
0: Can I get a uh, a grande mocha frappuccino? frappuccino? Yeah. Uh, is it true that the Starbucks upstairs is worse than this one? <laughs> what do you mean? Is it, is it a better better Starbucks? A better better Starbucks down here?
2: The best one. The best one.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Because they were talking shit about you guys up there. <laughs> 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 can I get anything or just No, I'm okay. I'm just Portuguese. waiting. With okay, can I get
2: your name for the month off of Sean. S H O
0: N. I feel like I really frequently see older people in public, say maybe 55 up, talking about the prices of things. Anytime I'm overhearing conversations between two people who are 55 and up, the most common thing I'll hear them talking about is either how the price of something went up or how how they got a good deal.
1: I think when you get that age, like things start, to, like it starts to blow your mind how expensive things can be, because it already kind of happens to me sometimes on various things. I don't know. I remember when I was a kid going to the movies and. You know, my grandpa telling me shit about how he used to pay ten cents to like a dime to go to a movie and like, oh my god, like we're paying four dollars, I think. Or no, I think it was like two seventy five for us at that age. To, to go there and watch like the the afternoon matinee <laughs> and he's just like freaking the fuck out but like now it's like $15, $18 sometimes to go see a movie mm-hmm. and by the time I'm 60 and it costs like $100 to go see a movie if this like continues right. actually I guess if it used to be 10 cents and if mine used to be about 10 bucks let's say to go up to $3 from that is to it to be like $300 so if it costs like $300 to go see a movie like I think I'm gonna also just be like dumbstruck by that,
0: Yeah, that's a good contextualization for why that's an older phenomenon or it would seem that way. Yeah, maybe a- another aspect is just that, you know, living in a society that's fixated around prices and built around very much like structured consciously around prices and market mechanisms living in that world for more than 40 years is gonna have effects on what your priorities are like even unconsciously yeah and it's also it's not a bad idea to
1: try and get good deals on things and uh (laughs) pay attention to prices and maybe they just you know they they know the value of a dollar they They're, they're not so young and naive.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. They figured out like, this is actually the primary organizing force of my universe is how the the money I'm spending and where money comes in, and where money goes out.
1: Yeah. I've had, I've had periods in my life where I've been more and less paying attention to how much money I'm making versus how much money I'm spending. Like sometimes I'm just winging it and like, hope it works out, you know, And like, I'm just not going to worry about that. Whereas I've had periods in the past where I was a lot more meticulous and planned.
0: Yeah, I think if I've got any general tendency, it's overspending, not paying enough attention to my finances. Like I've never got I know people who have gotten into like really, really huge debt and then went uh, filed for bankruptcy and stuff, and I've I've never went to that level, but I've pretty consistently had some level of credit card debt since I ever had a credit card. Like something feels so good about like buying something. Yeah, like especially like once you've paid off your
1: credit card, you're just like, oh, I have like all this ability now. Yeah. I have the ability to buy a computer. Like that computer there when I bought it was like 3500 bucks, and it was like one of the most expensive things I'd ever bought. But I just like got this new $8,000 credit card from CIBC and I was like, I can build a really awesome computer and buy it and... I did. And it was a good investment because it's like six years old and it's still like awesome. I've barely upgraded it and it runs everything really well. (laughs) Cool. Sorry, tangent, tangent, (laughs) tangent. Uh, But yes, A, it's really appealing to buy shit when you have that credit. But B, it's a good idea to buy expensive things that don't break. It actually ends up being a better deal in the long term and it's a tax on poor people who uh, have to keep buying shit over and over.
0: But I, I definitely buy things for comfort sometimes, or like buy things on a whim that I'm, that aren't a good investment, or yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just random twenty or forty dollar expenses because I just happen to like visit a store or something. I'm I'm not saying like I have a shopping addiction or anything near it, but like I understand the appeal of that, like the comfort in gaining access and the right to an item, mm-hmm. a, a commodity, a good or a service.
1: I've definitely had the experience of buying things and feeling like really excited about it. But then it, it like that, that, that shine wears off it like that, that aspect of an addiction of the build up to something. And then the, like the high of getting it, of, of taking the drug or of ha- making the purchase, like getting the new phone or whatever the thing is. And then, you know, it, it kind of wears off and you, you need a new hit. Like I've had this phone for over a year, a uh, year and a half. And I'm just like. I'd really, it still works, sometimes a little slow. I would really like a new phone just because it would be fun and awesome and dope
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> for a few weeks until I just am um, uh, inured to, the, to it
0: and I'm, it's just the same. Yeah, that was a super consumerist decision that I made is when my phone contract ended, I opted in to, for no good reason, pay them extra money forever instead of keeping my better deal. To get get a new phone? Yeah. Instead of just either buying it outright and then paying it back to the credit company instead of back to the phone company, which would have been a smarter investment. Or just keeping my old phone, which worked perfectly fine and would still be working perfectly fine to this day several years later. Mm -hmm. At the cost of like extreme long-term savings for how much better my contract was before and how I would have had a right to keep it. But agreeing to a new contract was like so dumb because at the time it felt more free, but it was actually just like not free at all. It was actually like a lifeblood contract forever to always pay them more money for the rest of my life.
1: Yeah, it's it's the, the golden apple held out in front of you and you can just take it right now and you get the phone yeah uh but
0: (laughs) and it's like oh it's bigger and and i'll get it right now and all i have to do
1: is pay an extra 30 bucks every month and like 30 bucks right now extra like on top of what i was gonna pay anyway right now for this month it feels like nothing and i get this new phone but like how long you in for two years
0: yeah i think it's actually about to end so i'll probably get a sweet new phone soon We're doing a podcast about the consumption of goods in society.
2: Don't you mean the overconsumption of goods?
0: Yeah. Well, I, I don't know because there's some things are overconsumed. Do you? How do you feel about the idea of ethical consumption? Is that possible? Does that exist?
2: Um. Everyone's so greedy in our society that I don't think people know how to have that give and take and only take what they need. You know, people always want more.
0: Mm. Do you feel like the mall embodies that in any sense? Like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> um, look around, like how many people have a ridiculous amount of bags or the bags they have are really tiny, but you know, they spent hundreds upon hundreds of dollars. Everyone's all about name brands, all about, I don't know, the image that the media portrays. And it may seem like there's a lot of stores here, but they're all owned by fortune 300 companies.
0: Yeah. And I find even, I am aware of all this stuff. I'm like, okay, factory farm meat's bad. Blood diamonds are bad. Something about going to the mall just shuts off that part of my brain. It's true.
2: (laughs) It's for the experience of it, but what are you experiencing?
0: I don't know. You're not really
2: making memories here. No. It's just spending money, doing what we're kind of expected to do. So
0: do you think we need to have like a revolution against capitalism or do we need... Oh,
2: you found the right girl. (laughs) Okay, so... I act and model. I know I don't look like much right now, and people on the podcast can't see, but um, I want to start my own nonprofit organization. I want to start a charity, and that's why I'm acting and modeling because I'm going to get a modeling and talent agency, and then my talent is going to volunteer with my nonprofit, and then I'm going to change the world because society's views are going to change on what's right and wrong.
0: So you're going you're gonna to mix acting and modeling as an industry and say, if you want to be an actor and a model you with should. my organization, then yep. you part of your job is also helping us with charity.
2: Yeah. Because yeah.
0: our values are updated. Exactly. Do you think after the revolution, there would still be malls?
2: You know what? It depends on how it happens. Because I think no matter what, if you try to revolt, it doesn't matter how big your numbers are. Get as many weapons as you can. You can't do it in a violent or negative way, and that's what a lot of people are are saying.
0: So, so yeah, mixing these moral revolutionary aspects into monetary paradigms is a better way to make progress than grabbing guns. Yeah, you
2: can't you can't butt heads with this. Like, and that's what a lot of people are doing. Oh, I'm training. Oh, I'm doing this. We we can't fight against the military, and that's the first thing the government would use against us.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So this stuff, your interest in politics in the world, does that come from the internet? Like studying on the internet or?
2: Um, no. No.
0: Where does it, where does it come from? Like where did you, where did you learn?
2: Opening my eyes. (laughs) A lot of people don't know how to do that, which is sad. Yeah. They just kind of like conform, work the nine to five. I feel like so many people are trapped in their jobs, in their lives, in their bodies, from what they eat what they believe from the media, what they just engulf their life in, and I can't do that.
0: Mm-hmm. But you still consume, you're still part of, we're all still part of the society.
2: We are all consumeristic, and we can't really help that, but one day, might change. I tried sparking up a conversation in Victoria's Secret, and uh, it didn't work out too well. They looked at me like I was a pervert, and I'm like, what? what? <laughs> That's the way
0: they act when I go in Victoria's Secret, too.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's because you're groping the mannequins. Yeah, that's true. Uh, For those in the podcast that didn't just see, there are security guards circling around us, making sure we conduct this interview and finish it up pretty soon.
1: He, He asked me what we were doing. I said we were recording a podcast, just walking around the mall, talking to each other. And he was like, you're just talking to each other? And he's looking over at you, too. And I was like, well, yeah, she stopped us and asked what we were doing. And so I started talking to her. And he's like, okay, well, you can't approach people in the mall and ask for interviews. Even this, you're talking to her, it looks like you approached her. So I guess that's bad.
2: See? Police you're you're, day, you're right? not even allowed freedom of speech. It's bullshit. He
1: said it's we could talk to people outside. We'd have to like bring them I know, outside. but
2: that doesn't make us any sense. <laughs> this is a social gathering, and they don't want us to be social. Do you see any advertisements here about charities or what's really going on in the world or anything like that? No, if you go around asking people questions, they might not be so happy and might spend their money elsewhere in a positive way. That'd be horrible, right? <laughs> yeah. I couldn't imagine anything worse.
0: Yeah,
1: because you can't buy those things at a mall anyway. There's no chair. Like, the mall doesn't get a cut of There's
2: charity. no happiness here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Today's episode of the Seriously Wrong Podcast is brought to you by Buying Away the Pain. Does it hurt inside? Does sometimes it just
1: feel a little hollow? Yes, and yes. Well, I've got the solution for you. You've got a solution? Go to your local mall and buy away the pain. Oh, but I don't have any money. I, I've just got a credit card. It's a good idea to buy things on your card and then pay them off later because that'll build up your credit, and then you can get more credit cards.
0: Wait, so if I borrow money now, they'll let me borrow money later? They'll let you borrow more money later. So I could have even bigger debt then? And get even more things. How
1: big's your TV right now? Oh, I'm too embarrassed to say. Well, no matter what size it is, it could be bigger. Standard definition. Standard.
0: (laughs) Wow. Apparently, sometimes in politics, the uh, consumer protection is referred to as consumerism also. Consumerism has two definitions, one of which is like the undue fixation on the... Accumulation. Yeah, of objects and buying products and services constantly. And... The other is standing up for consumers' rights against big corporations and injustice and so on, uh, which seem to be pretty contradictory. And especially if you're mixing in the the more zeitgeist concept of it, which includes, uh, what's it called? Uh, Planned obsolescence. Planned obsolescence.
1: Yeah, it it gets called a conspiracy theory, uh, or at least there's a lot of conspiracy theory surrounding this idea and like implying that everyone is participating in it to levels that probably aren't true but there's also a lot of documented history to it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's just it makes perfect sense that that would happen. Like maybe it's just because of being interested in conspiracy theories when I was younger, but I've still got this strong drive to be like, that word is so unnecessarily stigmatizing a type of speculation that's really essential to like a healthy society that has a lot of secrecy in it. Right. Like obviously, yeah. you shouldn't automatically believe that there are lizards running the world. But our uh-huh. rich I maybe. mean, maybe. Who? I mean, who? Could, maybe egg, you should egg, automatically egg believe that. <laughs> maybe <laughs> you should. For sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I don't want to automatically believe that you should or should not automatically believe something.
1: I don't know if we should automatically believe that either, though.
0: No, I, I choose to automatically believe, or I don't because it was automatic, but I do. Which thing? In what I was saying before.
1: Right. Oh, <laughs> good. Perfectly clear. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What I'm saying is. I've been buying 18-inch floor fans uh, for about four years now. I use them as, at night for sound and also in my living room when it's hot out to blow air in. And three times in a row, I bought the same kind, and it they all had a year warranty, and they all broke right around the year mark. So I don't know. Maybe that is just a coincidence, but maybe not.
0: From the perspective of a corporation that is going to be making more money on manufacturing and selling than like repair and upkeep, it's probably a lot simpler to just have a full-time manufacturing operation that's manufacturing lower quality products than it is to have... A manufacturing operation, manufacturing high-quality products, and then also at the same time running an operation that's about, like, the maintenance and repair and continued use of those already sold products. It's, it's a more complex structure to build. So, like, within the logic of the current marketplace, it's totally understandable why that would happen and be strategized about and implemented. Like, I understand why iPhone would slow down their old phones. because. Yeah. They have the power to, and it will get them the results they want. Why would they show benevolence there? Like, if there's a bunch of money to be made and their job is to make money. So, oh, I wanted to
1: get back to what you were saying about consumerism, also meaning to advocate for consumer rights. It's like a consumerism, like in uh, an ideology of being in favor of the rights of consumers.
0: It's a great idea. It, 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 it is it's called a great communism. idea.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we have to think of a different name for consumer. Like we already have consumer rights advocate. I feel like that's a phraseology people use. Mm -hmm. I I think it's better because this one kind of lost, like it lost the battle. Not that one word can't mean two things, but I I don't know. I don't think this is a good share. But it it does kind of overlap in this way, in that the strongest versions of anti-consumerism, I hear, would say that we don't need rights for consumers. We need to eliminate the
0: social role of the consumer. Like, we just provide for people their needs. Yeah, there's like an overlap between people who want to more fundamentally address what's going on in society that are willing to work within the framework narrowly of protecting consumers from egregious violations because it's the most kind of like actionable thing to do. Like there's an overlap between people who want to abolish the role of the consumer and those who would want to protect consumers as they currently exist in this role because that's the way it already is. I like that. What I was saying, it's though, not what you're saying. No, I was saying that maybe the reason they're
1: both called consumerism is because consumer rights advocates actually play into pejorative consumerism by playing within the game rules rather than trying to break down the system. By doing what they're doing, playing their role as pushing for consumer rights, they're making the consumerist situation tolerable, perpetuating it. And so in their part of playing a role in in consumerism themselves, these consumerists, consumer Mm. rights advocates.
0: Yeah, it's like, I don't know the exact quote, but there's something Adorno said that was the glorious underdog within the system that you cheer for is still like a manifestation or a part of the system. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's the exact idea.
0: I think that's an okay line of like analysis and thought, but... I think as far as how analysis can be applied to action, I think it would be too limiting to take that as like fully true. That any time that you're participating as an underdog within a system, you're perpetuating that system. I don't think that's necessarily the case. Like, Obviously, having run for office and tried to organize electoral stuff before... I think being an underdog within certain contexts, in certain systems, with the explicit goal of changing the game, like participating within a game to change the rules of that game is a different scenario than just being the underdog. I don't think that consumer relations getting better will stop calls for reevaluating them.
1: Yeah. I think if anything, the
0: opposite is true. Like when people see progress, they get thirsty for more progress, which is why establishment powers are like very theoretically would really want to repress... People being aware of the fact that if 60% of the population agrees on something and one third of the people who agree on something take direct action in some nonviolent form, that whatever their demand is will be met. They don't want people to realize that. It's that simple. It's the easiest thing in the world. It's the easiest thing in the
1: world if we get that one third. But getting that one third isn't the easiest thing in the world.
0: As long as people know the rules of the game, then they can start participating in it, you know? The other reason
1: that I'm not against advocating for consumer rights necessarily is that I've kind of in the past and I've now kind of come back to my previous position or at least to a more middle ground position, but I had a sort of pendulum swing away from the whole consumerism is bad narrative and looking at it more from the perspective of No, that whole idea is just about pleasure shaming. It's just about telling people they're wrong for liking nice stuff. It's actually not wrong to like nice stuff. Nice stuff is awesome. New phones are cool. There's nothing wrong with wanting a new phone. They go faster and have new like little gadgets and things like that. Those pleasures and hating on people for having pleasures is this sort of like schadenfreude motivation is present within the people talking about, oh, the poor environment. Oh, the (laughs) not that these are I'm just being silly. Not that these aren't legitimate problems, but the the kind of dark side of the anti-consumerist ideology is pleasure shaming this hating people for enjoying things
0: yeah and i i I know that you're talking about kind of swinging away from this but there's a lot of validity to that like i was going to bring up the subject of convenience and people blaming like oh this convenient culture it's so bad right Uh, i claim the opposite the convenience is good if we can keep convenience that's ideal getting mad it's it's similarly pleasure shaming like you're gonna shame someone for wanting to
1: use a k cup instead of you know getting out the paper filter putting it in your coffee machine it's like way worse for the environment but way more convenient but i mean really all they got to do is make biodegradable cups Which is totally possible.
0: Yeah, or or people wanting to go to restaurants and have meals with their friends in like a social situation and to meet in a neutral third party space than like someone's actual house. It's not an obscene thought. It's not like wanting to do that even regularly is not a sign of entitlement or necessarily a condemnation of that person's lack of homemaking abilities. That convenience is a good thing. It gives people more leisure time. Leisure time is an inherent good, and we don't get enough leisure time currently. So people cut corners with cooking, using restaurants and other things like that to gain more leisure time, which is a good thing. It's good when people have more leisure.
1: Yeah, definitely. In the similar line of thought is the idea that talking about advertising as if it's this... Oh, just convincing people to buy things they don't need. And, like, it's it's kind of patronizing and saying, like, oh, you don't even really know what you want. You've just been tricked. You've been duped by these commercials. When all of us see, like, hundreds and hundreds of commercials all the time for things that we don't want and the commercials don't convince us that we want it, like, I... I know I do all the time. Like the, the commercials that affect me are for things that interest me or things I might like to do. And I don't know how much of my love of buying new phones is externally imposed, but I think a lot of it is not externally imposed. It's It's internally generated from my own preferences. And I think that a lot of the anti-consumerist narrative kind of discounts that. It discounts people's subjectivity and turns them into objects being acted upon by advertising and like these furious little like grabby pejorative Buddhists grasping beings that are just looking for something to hold on to a a thumb to suck on a a material object thumb to suck on a blankie
0: yeah i i hear what you're saying and i agree that but i i feel like you you've seen the fenords you know like
1: what, sorry? Maybe I, I you've, think... You've I, seen the Phenords? Yeah, I heard what you said. I just didn't know what you were
0: talking about. No, oh, you've seen the Phenords. Okay, so in the Illuminatus Trilogy...
1: Illuminatus Trilogy is uh, by Robert Anton Wilson, correct? Yeah,
0: and yeah. Uh, Robert Shee. Um, in the book, school kids are taught to not be able to see the word Phenord. And they also built up like an association between the word Phenord and a feeling of like uneasiness and confusion... And the ruling class in this book puts the word fnord in uh, news media and movies and everything except for advertising, which has no fnords.
1: So, So people can't see it or hear it. They don't know it's there. It's just affecting them on a subconscious level.
0: Yeah, they, they use it to keep everyone in society in like a state of fear and uneasiness so they can be controlled. So to see the fnords means to be unaffected by the hypnotic power of the word or unaffected generally by advertising culture or fighting words and things like that.
1: Yeah, I think it's true to some degree, but I also think the degree to which it is hypnotic is sometimes overstated. And sometimes tied to this idea of like, oh, everyone but me is stupid. All oh, the, the dumb, unwashed masses just see the Coke advertisement and can't help their little piggy cells to run out there and guzzle Coke. We we are all dumb,
0: Aaron. We're all philosophical zombies. Except us, we've seen the phenords. Well, you're the only you're the only conscious <laughs> being in this universe. We're all philosophical zombies. So what is the deal with our society's preoccupation with the acquisition of consumer goods? Am I right? Am I right? What is, what's going on there? You know, I'm addicted to shopping. I'm fully addicted. I I can't stop myself, you know? I max out all my credit cards. I'm in huge debt. It's a secret I keep for my family. Uh, looking at my debt and thinking about how irresponsible I've been is causing me massive depression and anxiety, uh, and the only way I can escape from it is, you guessed it, more shopping. So, yeah, it's bad. Go, I'm such a consumer, I gotta stop. So who else knows what I'm talking about? You? You? Consumer? 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 We're all consumers here tonight? I will spend through natural capital as if it's a a paycheck. I don't even care. I buy a new phone, and I'm not joking, every five seconds. While I've been doing this routine, I'm on Amazon on my phone. I'm shopping right now. I just bought a new clock for my living room. It was a great deal. Uh, Thank you all. This This has been really fun hanging out with you guys tonight. I just wanted to say before I go, because our current society is structured in a way where the production of art is not considered a high-value commodity, I'm not being paid for tonight, but there is a tip jar by the door, if you pity me and those like me. Thank you. How often do you go to the mall?
2: Mm, not very often. Only when I have to. Uh,
0: how do you feel about the mall like as a whole?
2: not a huge fan. I prefer, you know, those little personal shops yeah. along the side of the street.
0: Do you support the end of global capitalism and the destruction of the mall?
2: No. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Do you?
0: I'm agnostic. I, it could go either way on it. Do All you think right. if there was a revolution and we lived in a society that was more economically equal, there would still be malls?
2: I think you're a big dreamer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Guilty. Guilty.
2: Yeah, you're like freaking Karl Marx or something. <laughs>
0: so if, if there's not going to be a revolution, do you still think there's, there's problems that need to be fixed? I'm though? sorry
2: to disappoint you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen. Never, Never no. any
0: type of revolution? No. Like, not even like the... Do
2: you want to end up like Cuba? The industrial because revolution? was <laughs> a revolution. I think I'd rather <laughs> not. No.
0: Do you have any anything? I don't know. I appreciate your answers. It's awesome. Thank you're you. welcome. Thank you very much.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's this alleged hypocrisy in like anti consumerist consumption. Like, you hate buying so much. Why are you buying? Mm-hmm. Or are you talking about how you don't like capitalism on your smartphone, et cetera, et cetera? Right, right, right. And I bring this up to say that they have a point. I'm not just bringing it up to say, like, no, this is this bullshit outside idea. What I'm saying is that anti-consumerists, anti-capitalists and so on need a better platform of decommodification. We need a better description of what it looks like to remove aspects of human life from the wage relations, price system, and so on. Like, we know what it looks like to commodify something, selling drinking water, selling air, or whatever, like that, those are extremes. What does it look like to decommodify something? You could, like, have a food forest, a collaborative food forest, where, like, gardeners of this food forest are paid a wage by the government, and it's actually illegal for anyone to buy or sell any food there. It can only be shared. A decommodified zone, a decommodified farm, is a non-hypocritical premise that could be created within existing legal frameworks. Like, I don't think that we should shit on people for buying things while also having ideas of a better society, but I think we need to hammer out what this other society really looks like or how to create these pockets of legitimately inverting the consumerist paradigm rather than just saying like, oh, here's something sustainable for you to endlessly consume or buy a new one every five months or whatever. There could be a deeper thing to do than that. And I think there's a validity to that premise.
1: Like what? Like that one article at the beginning? Like change? Like changing your internal relation to things? Is that what you mean by deeper? Or that's what I, that's what I hear when I hear you say that is like learning to not have that grasping self, not to be that wanting hungry ghost or whatever, just looking for something to fill your ever empty belly. Like it's something that everyone has or or embodies at various points in their life. And different people have different skill levels at noticing and overcoming or not engaging with it, but it's part of the human experience. And I think like the deeper fix to consumerism, at least to me, is dealing with that and in creating a society and a culture where people are taught how to deal with that and where those issues come up less often because the opposite of that isn't promoted in the first place.
0: Um, I agree with what you're saying, but it wasn't what I was saying. I guess, you know, in a sense, it is that, because I'm talking not just about within the self, but also within social relations. How can you and I, or you and I in a third person, or four of us or five of us, share something that we only need for part of the time? Like, how do you build trusting social relationships around the non-ownership of objects building networks like tool libraries and, and stuff like that we're sharing access instead of private ownership and consumption and all the waste that comes with that so yeah in a sense what you're saying but also organized to a higher level of complexity organized between not, not just a conscious transformation within ourselves but a consciousness transformation within groups of us that change the way that we interact with each other
1: yeah, yeah, totally. The cultural side is just as important. If you just, you as an individual change yourself, that's good, that's great, but it doesn't necessarily ripple out very far from that. But if we can make those larger changes in larger groups of people, it, the, that's the culture shift, that's the, that's the real fix.
0: Mm, and I, I think the logic that will come through, and it's partially facilitated by technology, but it has deeper roots in, in human relations. It's the kind of open source peer-to-peer ethic, the concept of creating shared value and having a collaborative nature to consumption. If hypothetically there was restaurants that were not run for, for profit and were looking to have ethical standards in food sourcing, you could get food there for cheaper than if you made it by yourself because of the economy of scale. If you're making more food at once, it's cheaper per portion, not to mention the time that it saves from everyone doing that versus having one chef cook for a lot of people, there's actual tangible, I'm hesitant to just call them economic benefits, because they are also social benefits about resource allocation and the use of humans' time and the, the use of human efforts and resources. That added value that's created by mass movement and collaboration, I think, is... Where the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, where something extra is created by everyone putting in a little, the the final pot is somehow bigger than everyone just having the little bit on their own. That's the emancipatory, liberatory, anti-consumerist paradigm.
1: Yeah, totally. I and I think I think the distinction or the thing that brings what what I see as a positive anti-consumerist culture in distinction to the criticisms I was making of anti-consumerism is having a positive view of stuff in general, because I I don't think stuff is the problem. And I don't think we should pejoratively think about stuff as being bad and, oh, it's bad to have stuff necessarily. It, it, It might be better to have access to stuff in a different way that's more efficient and is more beneficial to everyone and to you tool libraries and sharing economies and things like that but it's it's not a user's fault for wanting to have a toy like i just use the idea of a toy because it's frivolous or whatever by nature like Mm -hmm. oh you know they buy toys these are their toys uh whatever your particular brand of toys are new clothing accessories or gadgets or uh whatever the thing is you like but um the reason we want to build these systems of sharing things is because those things can all be good. The self-expression through how you dress and dressing in unique, interesting ways is good. Having fun gadgets to play with and new innovations and in technology are good. All these things are good. The The bad thing is in the way it's being done, in the way it's being distributed and in the way it's being promoted and sold to people and the the culture created around it. So there's a distinction that needs to be more sharply drawn, I think, than it sometimes is. And there's there's a kind of lazy version of anti-consumerism that is just against stuff and people shaming and pleasure shaming. And I think that a positive anti-consumerist culture Can incorporate that analysis with some ease.
0: These are essential problems to confront, and it's important that we take the right strategy. And that's to avoid being the 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 shusher trying to stop people from having fun, calling people lazy, or like attacking people for wanting, yeah, convenience or wanting doodads or, or wanting to have fun experiences, wanting to go traveling and. To most people who are ever going to help the anti consumerist movement succeed, anti consumerism is not their real dad anti-consumerism is their stepdad and we need to be a cool stepdad. We can't be a lame stepdad. Who's always making them empty the dishwasher. The only time they interact with them is wh- when we are tell him to pick up some dog shit in the backyard. <laughs> you no, know, we got to be like, yeah, what's up? I get it. You know, like, yeah, you know, I'm fucking your mom, but like, I'm cool. Right? Like you like hanging around with me. Not like, Oh, you, you're on the computer too long. You know, we don't want that. We can't be that stepdad. Yeah.
1: Know? Yeah, exactly. Definitely. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so the idea that all these people at the mall don't know what they're doing or don't know what they're participating in, we got evidence to the contrary. There's mall participants who know very well, at least emotionally, the direction that the mall represents, you know?
1: Yeah, I, I don't think like everyone here is a sheep, zombie-like awareness of the political realities of what they're doing.
0: There's definitely a lot of cognitive dissonance going on, though.
1: I bet there's a lot of like home homespun wisdom too though. Like people who maybe aren't like that politically aware about it, but who just kind of get on an intuitive level that malls are festering.
0: Mr. <laughs> clinic has a sign that says as we cater to cowards. sedation. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> sedation. Laser dentistry, sedation and implants. Except they no longer do implants or laser dentistry. Yeah, just sedation. How ridiculous. Everyone at this mall is already sedated by consumption. <laughs> Bye, 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 little sheep. Bye. <laughs> b- Ooh, I need to buy more. Bye. Bye. <laughs> the chickens laying your eggs. <laughs> Keep laying your eggs. <laughs> bye. Well, we're leaving the mall. <laughs> we we're leaving the mall. Just heading to the uh, ticket machine here. Yeah, can buy a ticket. Get on the SkyTrain.
1: We laughed a lot. We cried a lot. Saw some guns. Saw some dogs.
0: Yeah, that's, that's true.
1: Nice uh, young woman couple we, nice young women.
0: Yeah, we met some nice people. Talked to some security guards and customer service representatives. Started a feud between the Starbucks. Sure to <laughs> sure to la, la, live on. <laughs> so <laughs> Sky trains and buses are a lot like mall to mall transportation.
1: Sure, yeah. I mean, if we take this all the way to Granville, we could get it off at the Pacific Center go to the mall.
0: There's another mall. Yeah. So if you thought that today's episode was interesting or you thought it wasn't interesting, if you hate what we're doing or love what we're doing, agree with us or disagree with us, use the contact form on the website and let us know what you think. Uh, We want to do more live episodes in the future, try going to different places. And if you have ideas for what might be interesting in that front, we'd love to hear them as usual. If you enjoy the show, go to iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube,
1: leave a comment, leave a message, leave a high ranking. Low ranking, whatever. We appreciate it. We appreciate your
0: interest. At our podcast, it's, it's nothing, nothing like the stores at the mall. You get to consume for absolutely free, although we do now have a tip jar. Uh, the same place that you can send us emails, you can actually donate via PayPal, if you so choose to fund adventures like this to the mall for us.
1: <laughs> you can pay for our Starbucks, our so far only donator who sent us 52 American dollars.
0: He's an amazing man. He's very buff.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, great-looking, great-looking guy. I would totally date him. Oh, yeah, Yeah, based yeah. on his looks.
0: Yeah. I wouldn't hook up with him because I'm not like that. You know, <laughs> I need a commitment. But if I could get the commitment, I would hop on Even it. if it
1: was just a couple weeks, like yeah, a couple weeks, a commitment for a few weeks. Absolutely. Meet up, have a few trysts.
0: Yeah, and if, if you want to be like that to us, <laughs> send a little money our way. Yeah. <laughs>
1: If you're a female you can have sean and if you're a male you can have me <laughs> you can
0: have me as a possession
1: as long as you as long as you put a ring on it put a ring on that actually all of the stuff that we just said there on the train isn't true anymore that all the stuff from the mall was recorded over a year ago now in uh, the beginning of december 2015 and i guess uh now the case is that we
0: i've been told that we've got a statistically significant amount of donors compared to our total listener base so if you think that our show is amazing and you want to like really throw off that ratio and like really (laughs) show how much ass we kick compared to other podcasts it's the perfect time to donate
1: and there's bonus content there for donators, extra stuff. Uh, I have some outtakes from the communism episode I'm going to pop up there really soon. And yeah, thank you uh, all so much for listening
0: and we will be back next week. See you next week, you beautiful angels and beautiful little devils. Nothing wrong with that. I am wrong. You are wrong. Seriously. Next time on Seriously Wrong, Sean and Aaron pretend to be someone they don't agree with for the whole time. Do You want to see if that pet guy is still in the pet store? <laughs>
1: just, just, like a just walk re- pass. Let's
0: record and like talk, like talk to each other while looking at him outside. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we can still see those sad puppies. They're mm-hmm. like pretty far back in the pet store, but
0: look at them jump towards the glass like they really want to get out. Yeah, maybe they
1: trap them so that people. We'll see how sad they are and want to, like, take them out of this horrible place. Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's really the feeling I got. Yeah. I wanted to take them out of their cage at all costs, play with them, make them my little friend. Oh,
1: man, imagine if the cops had been here for, like, a puppy jailbreak. That would have been a way better story. Like, someone was like, free the puppies, and they were, like, breaking all the glass Mm. and letting the puppies out.
0: Yeah, no, that would be that'd be a reason to bring out the shoddies. <laughs>
1: Puppy revolution.
0: We got word that four of the puppies have guns. <laughs>